Hello, everyone, and welcome in to another edition of the PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm Lindsay Smith, and today I am joined by the one and only Gerald Borgay. Gerald, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm uh, just dog-sitting, so I'm terrified that they'll hear any slight sort of sound and start barking, but we're going <laughs> to push through this and, and hopefully dog and bark free. Apologies in advance if you hear any dogs, but we all we all love dogs, so it's okay. <laughs> yes. Well, it has been a very chaotic start to the day on Suns Twitter and NBA Twitter as a whole because the Athletics, Sham Sharania and Bob Kravitz are reporting that the Pacers are open to trade offers as they decide to opt for a rebuild. Now, the Pacers aren't going to be looking to build from the ground up because one, they're already dead last in attendance. They're not exactly a free agency destination. So building through trades is really their only option at this point. And that means they'll want some combination of players that can actually help along with some youth to grow alongside Chris Duarte and Isaiah Jackson, their first, uh, their two first round picks this year. So the question is, can the Suns get involved? So let's talk about it. But before we dive into specific players, Gerald, just what are your initial thoughts on all of this? Yeah, I think when you're a team like the Suns, that is obviously very good. They're top of the league along right alongside the Warriors there. You're going to look for ways to kind of tinker the roster um, and more specifically the edge of the rotation, kind of upgrade the bench in any way that you can, pad the wing depth if you can. it's very rare for a team like the Suns to make a big kind of blockbuster move. And, you know, a lot of the players that are available here from the Pacers perspective are bigger names, maybe not, you know, superstars, um, but DeMontis Sabonis, Miles Turner, Karis LeVert, those are all pretty significant players that the Suns would have to give up a, a decent sized chunk of their rotation or guys that they like or draft picks in in order to get a deal done. So we'll, we'll dive into each one, but um, it's important to note right off the bat that just because the Pacers are looking to blow it up and making a lot of guys available, doesn't mean that the Suns are, you know, going to be top of the list or even put in an offer at all, but because it's, you know, approaching trade season and because we have some tangible guys that are available, we got to talk about it. So here we are. And we also have three whole days until our next game. So, you know, this will be a conversation that will continue until Friday, at the very least, if not many, many days beyond that. So (laughs) let's dive right in with Miles Turner. So he is a two-time NBA blocks leader. He's shooting 39.5% from three this year. But would it make sense, being that the Suns have DeAndre Ayton? Yeah, that's kind of my biggest thing is, like, obviously – if you could add a two-time blocks leader and, you know, an NBA leading shot blocker like Miles Turner, that's always a good thing. But like, even if DA doesn't block a lot of shots, he's still a better player than Miles Turner. And the fit in my book just doesn't make sense. Like it's just, it's one of those things where I I don't know, Miles Turner is only 25 years old, but like, I don't want to make any trade that would empower DA to start talking about how he wants to play the four again. Like we need to kill that with fire. Like DA is not a four. He's a five. 
And as mobile as he is on the perimeter, you know, if you're sticking Miles Turner at the five to defend the rim and putting DA out on the perimeter, you're not putting him in a position to succeed defensively. He's best as a five. Turner is best as a five, even with his shooting. So it's really one of those things where that pairing wouldn't work. Um, you know, contractually, Turner makes 18 million this year. He's got two years and 36 million left on his deal. So he's going to be an unrestricted free agent in 2023. Um, you know, you could put together an offer if you really wanted to. Um, I'm going to be writing about this tomorrow, diving into trade offers for each player. But the best offer that I could come up with would be like Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson, Jalen Smith for Turner and, and Tory Craig. And I'm sorry, but I don't want to give up Cam Johnson for a player that is superfluous with DA there. So it, we can move past Miles Turner because in my book, that one just doesn't really make a lot of sense. I think this is the hardest um, thing that I have with trades is that if you include one of my favorite players, I immediately <laughs> want to nix it. Like I'm out. I'm out. Yep. Let's see it. Let's it. <laughs> Even though oh, yeah. it might make you a better basketball team. And I understand that. But if it's my favorite player, I'm out. That's just how it goes. <laughs> no, and that's uh, fair because I I know as soon as I mentioned Cam Johnson's names, a lot of listeners probably winced. I, for the record, would never make that trade ever. Turner doesn't make sense here. And even if he did, like I love Cam Johnson. It's one of those trades where neither team really gets better because like you're having to give up Crowder, who's a starter. You're having to give up Cam Johnson, who's an excellent shooter and, and a guy who you want as part of your future. Jalen Smith is going to be involved in a lot of these trades. That's fine. That's just the nature of it. I'm sorry, Sticks fans. But, you know, bringing Torrey Craig back would be great, but he's no Cam Johnson either. So I get it. This is just, that's one of those trade possibilities that really doesn't make a lot of sense for either side. And we also uh, love Jay Crowder here with the Suns, and you wrote about him today. So if you're listening and you haven't uh, read that article yet, Head on over to gophnx.com to read Gerald's article on Jay Crowder. All right, moving right on along. The Monte Sabonis. Now, Sabonis has a lot of trade value. He's 25. He's a two-time All-Star. He's averaging 17.8 points per game, 12 rebounds per game, and 4.1 assists per game. Obviously, he's a big get, but at the same time, it's going to cost a lot to get him, and I'm sure a lot of teams are interested. So the Suns would have to come big, and that's scary. Yeah, that's that's the thing about this this kind of trade scenario is like the Pacers are going to get pretty good offers for a guy like Sabonis. He's a guy that would generate interest around the league, um, you know. And and in Phoenix, he could potentially play the four alongside Da because he's not. He's not the guy you would want defensively playing the five spot for very long. Um, and, and with his passing and, and his shooting, he'd be a guy who could also spread the floor a little bit. But then again, you're running into kind of the same problem the Pacers are having right now, which is that they've got Sabonis at the four and they've got Turner at the five. Is that really where they're best suited? Can they play together? You'd be facing similar questions with DA. I think Turner or I think Sabonis would fit a little bit better alongside DA than he would along Turner alongside Turner, but it's not a great fit. DA can't shoot as well as Turner can. And like you were mentioning, the market's going to be competitive for him. So Sabonis makes $19.8 million in salary this year. He's got three years and just under 58 million left on his contract. So 
he's not an unrestricted free agent until 2024, which makes him more attractive to teams because they'd have him under team control for the next three years, two and a half years, basically. Um, so again, you can put together a trade offer of like Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, and either Dario Saric or Jalen Smith, plus like a first rounder or two for Sabonis and Torrey Craig. But again, I don't know if that's a good enough offer. Cause if you look at it from the Pacers perspective, they're giving up a 25 year old, a guy who's in his prime hasn't even reached his prime yet. He's already a two-time all-star. It's a very well-rounded player. And all you're getting in return is, you know, either an injured Dario Shard or a young guy like Jalen Smith that has shown basically nothing in the NBA to this point. You're getting Jake Crowder, who's a well-respected veteran, but not necessarily a guy that moves the needle for you much in a rebuild. Um, and then you're getting Cam Johnson, who obviously they would like. They would love, love a guy like him playing the four alongside Turner. That's a lot of shooting there. Um, but Cam Johnson alone isn't a big enough net unless you're including like one or two first rounders in there as well. And we've already talked about like the Pacers might not be wanting to blow this up full time. Like they're a team that has to build through the draft, but doesn't want to commit to a full rebuild because their attendance is already shit as it is. So if they like go full rebuild, you know, compared to a decent team that they have now, they're not going to get anybody in that building. So you know, it, it's tough. I think Jay Crowder and Cam Johnson are a decent return, but I think that the Pacers could do better on the open market. And that's the tough thing for a team like the Suns if they wanted to get involved in this kind of trade. There are other teams that are going to offer more attractive youngsters, I think. All I know is that I am so glad I'm not in the front office over there with the Pacers because that's <laughs> got to be a really tough space to be in. <laughs> All <Yeah>. right, Carrot. <laughs> Karis Liver, let's talk about him. So his averages are down this year compared to last year. So currently averaging 14.9 points per game, 2.9 assists per game, and 2.7 rebounds per game in 27 and a half minutes compared to last year, 20.2 points per game, 5.2 assists per game, and 4.6 rebounds per game in 30, almost 33 minutes. So that's a Big difference. I mean, he is a really good defender. He would provide more wing depth and a solid, be a solid ball handler and scorer. But you also have to move with caution because he did have that surgery on his left kidney. And you just, you just don't know how that will affect somebody long term. He may not be the same player he was prior to that. Yeah. And I think that's the hard thing to gauge with a guy like Karis Levert. And ironically enough, the guy that, the Pacers traded him for um, Victor Oladipo. Like he's kind of going through the same thing where he was a terrific two-way player, a guy who can fill a lot of holes as a great defender, decent perimeter shooter, secondary creator, um, all these different things. But he hasn't quite been the same since his injury, or in this case for Levert, his surgery to remove that carcinoma. Um so it's a tough one. It's it's hard to gauge his value because on the one hand, he did seem like kind of this up and coming guy who could be an all-star in the East. And on the other hand, like he just hasn't been the same this year. And, and maybe that's a product of the Pacers and just kind of their ineptitude so far. He is playing like five fewer minutes per game this season. Um, and I don't know enough about the Pacers to tell you whether that's because they're easing him back into it after his surgery and whatnot. Or if it's just a thing where Rick Carlisle isn't really as high on him, 
as coaches were in the past, but whatever the case, um, you know, he's making 17 and a half million this year. He's got two years and about 36 million remaining overall. So he'll be an unrestricted free agent in 2023. Um, on the Suns, it's an interesting fit because, like you were saying, this is a team that is kind of crying out for a little bit more wing depth than they have right now. You know, Devin Booker's out, obviously, but like Abdul Nader hasn't been great even when he's been on the floor and he's out right now. Like they need a guy to fill kind of that Tory Craig role that they had last year, a guy who can play multiple wing spots, who can defend, um, who can play the small ball five. Carousel Vert isn't going to do that. But because of the ball handling and the secondary creation that he brings, his scoring threat, and he's a really, really good defender. Like those are all things that the Suns would love to have. Um, it'd be tricky to make it work with his salary, though, because you're probably looking at, you know, the Pacers are going to want something like Cam Johnson, Dario Saric, and, and maybe a pick for Levert. Um, you know, if you're the Suns, maybe you throw out the idea of Saric, Jalen Smith, and like one or two first rounders for Levert and see if that moves the needle at all. I think that might be an overpay for a guy like Levert, but if you're convinced that he can really help your team, maybe that's something you consider. Um, but again, the Pacers might get better offers for him. So it's, it's tricky to gauge. Those are just two of the, the trade ideas that I was playing around with in my head, playing with the NBA trade machine this morning. Well, you brought up the one and only Tory Craig, which <laughs> so many people have been talking about wanting him back on the Suns team this year. So mm -hmm. let's talk about him. I mean, we know what we're getting with Tory Craig, right? He mm -hmm. would be a great booster for the Suns, Suns wing depth to bring him back. And then he's capable of playing the small ball five minutes. He is um, shooting a little bit less successfully this year from the three-point line uh he's averaging 25.7 percent last year with the suns it was 36.7 but what do you think about bringing tory Kreb back i feel like it would make a lot of people happy it just depends on what you got to give up to get him it definitely would and, and i've you know you can over the last few months anytime abdul nader did something wrong you scour twitter and it was we got to trade him for tory craig I'm sorry, but the Pacers have no interest in Abdul Nader for Tory Craig. <laughs> like, there's a reason they offered him the amount that they did over the summer, which was just a bit beyond the Suns' price range with them bringing JaVale McGee in. Um, and it was unfortunate that they couldn't retain him because he's a he was a big piece of their success, especially in the playoffs last year. Um, and I think part of it was, like you were saying, he did shoot like almost 37% from three, which is something that throughout his career he's not been able to do so that was kind of an outlier and it's tough to tell if that was just a product of being in Monty's system and the 0.5 offense that the Suns have or if it was just kind of a blip on the radar um but if he can shoot even league average like he did for Phoenix like that would be a huge get to bring him back Craig cannot be traded until December 15th so Suns would have to give it about another week if they were going to put in an offer for Craig um, but you know, as I've been mentioning with some of these other guys, like every time there's a piece that you can try and throw in with a trade like this, you know, we, we talked about Karis LeVert and DeMontis Sabonis, like Craig is the guy that you would kind of try and see if you could slip him into the trade as well, especially if you're giving up like multiple first rounders, um, maybe the Pacers would be more amenable to him, you know, going their separate ways after just signing him over the summer. But 
Um, so he could be available if the Pacers are blowing things up in a big way. He's only averaging like 16 minutes a game. So it's not like he's a huge part of Rick Carlisle's rotation there. Um, he makes about 5 million this year. He's got two years and 10 million remaining overall. Um, and a lot of these trades, you know, it'd be easy to create a trade around him. But before I go more into Craig, since we've already mentioned him a few times, we should talk about the guy who is kind of, I don't want to say my number one target because that's probably Craig, but if you could find a way to package Craig with Justin Holiday, now we're really in business as far as padding the sun's depth in my book. Yeah, I mean, Justin Holiday wouldn't be a bad get for the Suns. He's an underrated combo guard who might be available with all of this happening. He is 32 years old, but he's been in the league for years and would provide experience and shooting. And we all know James Jones loves guys who have those qualities. So a couple things, though, his three-point shooting has been largely inconsistent throughout his career, but he shot better than 38% the last two seasons and is currently at a 35.7% this year. Um, he is averaging 9.9 points per game in 28 minutes per game. Uh, it could just be a product of where he is with the Pacers and the system that they've got over there. But what do you think? I mean, as you said, this one might be your top guy to target give us your breakdown Gerald yeah I I think you know you look at that 28 minutes per game that he's playing and I think that that might be a little bit too much with the Pacers like obviously they're 10 and 16 or 11 and 16 whatever they are for a reason it's probably because he's being miscast as a guy with a little bit too much responsibility over there I think if you plug him into a team like the Suns coming off the bench for you know, 10, 12, 15 minutes a game, whatever it might be. He could really be a great energy guy. He's a very good defender. Um, you know, he doesn't have a lot of strength. He's pretty wiry, just like Mikhail Bridges, and he's nowhere near as good defensively. But he is a guy that can kind of defend positions one through three. He's really good at reading passing lanes. Um, and he's got a massive wingspan that he puts to use uh, pretty well. So, And he's also a very good shooter. Um, you know, the defense is one thing, but the shooting is another thing. Um, and, and I know that he's been inconsistent throughout his career. If you look at the the numbers, like the career numbers. Um, but the thing for me is that he's been a really good corner three shooter. So he shot 41% from on corner threes for his career. He's above 43% in each of the last two seasons. Um, and he's not just a spot up shooter either. He shot above 40% on pull up threes in each of the last three seasons. So he's a guy that has a lot of confidence pulling the trigger. He'd be great if you just stick him in a corner, but he can do a lot more as far as confidently, you know, coming around curls, putting the ball on the ground once and taking a shot. Um, so those are all things that the Suns could use. He's more of a combo guard than a wing, but he can kind of defend positions one through three. So he's only making 6 million this year. He's got two years and about 12 million remaining on his deal overall. And there are a couple of trade offers that you could put together for both him and Justin Holiday. Um, so the first one is Dario Sharge, Jalen Smith, and a future first round pick for Tory Craig and Justin Holiday. And I know that teams should be hesitant to throw a first round pick in there, especially if you're only getting back like two bench guys that'll be free agents in about two years. 
but I really do think that the Pacers aren't going to get a better offer than that unless they're lumping those guys in with like a Sabonis trade somewhere else or a Miles Turner trade or one of the bigger guys. So like if you if the Suns are knocking down your door with an offer for Sharich, Jalen Smith, and a first-round pick for these two guys, I don't think you're going to get a first-round pick out of those guys anywhere else, at least not just for them specifically. Maybe that's a little you- bit too – go ahead. Go ahead. What do you think the likelihood is that the Suns would include a first round pick in that? I don't know. Cause I don't know if, if Craig and holiday are really on their radar, maybe they will be more now so that the whole league knows that, you know, the Pacers are having a fire sale basically. Um, but the article did say that the Pacers aren't going to rush their timeline with these trades. They're going to keep their options open and make the best available trade. They're not going to just, you know, blow it up just to blow it up. Cause obviously we've talked about the reasons why uh, that poor fan base is not really digging this team as it is now. So they're not going to dig a rebuild at all. Um, but I do think James Jones needs to be looking for wing upgrades. He needs to be looking for extra depth because we saw in the playoffs last year, what even one injury can do to your rotation when you're having to put third string guys in there. I don't think Alfred Payton is really the guy that they want to be giving minutes if something happens in the backcourt. So instead of these Alfred Payton minutes, we'd be getting, it'd be really nice if they could have some Justin holiday minutes. If you know, Abdul Nader's minutes, which are now going to ish Wainwright, love ish Wainwright, but Tory Craig would be a better fill for those minutes. So you could do something like that. You could do, you could try maybe Dario Sharich, Jalen Smith, and a couple of second rounders for Tory Craig and Justin holiday. I don't know if that's enough in Indiana's book, just to make a trade like that, just to make a trade. Um, you could try if, if maybe the Pacers want to hold on to Justin holiday, you could try for Jalen Smith and a first rounder for just Tory Craig, or you could try for like Dario Sharich, Jalen Smith, Alfred Payton, and some sort of draft compensation, whether that's a first rounder or two second rounders for like Tory Craig and Justin holiday or Tory Craig and Jeremy lamb. But I, I really do think the Pacers have some wings that could be available and any one of those guys would be a really nice addition on the Suns roster. So you mentioned Jeremy Lamb. Is there any interest from you there? A little bit. He's not much of a defender, but he is kind of a rangy wing. Um, He can shoot the ball pretty well, and and he's a scorer. So I I think he'd be, you know, if you're getting Torrey Craig, that's kind of the main prize. I think Jeremy Lamb would also be, a decent pickup, but you know, he's making, he's an expiring contract. So he would only be kind of a rental. Um, he's making $10.5 million this year. So his contract is a little bit bigger than, you know, Tory Craig's or Justin holidays. Um, but you know, if, if the Pacers are willing to throw him in and all you're having to give up is like an injured Sharich, Jalen Smith, who has no part in the rotation as it is. And Alfred Payton, who you don't really want to be in the rotation right now, um, depending on what they want in terms of draft picks, that's not a terrible steal for the Suns either. All right, Gerald, before we talk about a few other angles on this situation, mm-hmm. I want to tell everyone listening about the latest no-brainer from the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. So if you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use the promo code PHNX when you sign up, you'll be receiving an opportunity to win $100 in free bets. So 
after you use that code PHNX, all you have to do is place just a $1 bet on any NFL team to score a point and you'll be a winner of $100 in free bets. It is that simple. You'll be a winner once a single point's scored. So you know I've said this multiple times, but I'll continue to say it because it is a huge reason why you should be a part of the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It is safe, it is reliable, and it is secure. And you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Now, if you're already a customer of the DraftKings Sportsbook app, you can also get some skin in the game with the new Same Game Parlays. So combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. And one of the best ways to take advantage of these same game parlays is by using the free bets that you get from first signing up using the code PHNX because you can put so many legs on that same game parlay, use one of those free bets, which is essentially a risk-free bet because it's not your money, and have the opportunity to make a whole bunch of money. So it's a lot of fun. It's user-friendly. It's also really easy for newbies like myself to kind of just get acquainted with sports betting and understand some things. And then in addition to all of that, they also throw out special offers every now and then once you're already a member on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, like odds boosts. And sometimes they'll give you uh, risk-free bets. You can get your money back if your bets don't hit at certain times. So keep an eye out for that if you are already a user of the DraftKings Sportsbook app. But once again, Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code PHNX. Bet $1 on any NFL team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with the promo code PHNX this week at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. That is 21 and older only, Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. All right, Gerald. So a couple things that we'll talk about to wrap this one up here. You mentioned that December 15th date. How much mm -hmm. does that come into play here when we're talking about the Sun specifically and some of these players that we're targeting outside of Tory Craig? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that date is huge. Obviously, um, it's a date where a lot of the guys that signed over the summer are going to become trade eligible. And that's usually around the time when trades just start opening up around the league, because there's a bigger pool of players that you can include in trades. Um, you know, I always like to think of that date as the Trevor Ariza date, because we remember when the Suns signed Trevor Ariza, everyone was waiting for December 15th to roll around so they could dump him and get that. Get that messy breakup over with. So um, Trevor Ariza that date was, is coming up. <laughs> that was a very um, traumatic breakup for sure. It was. And it was it was one of those where you could see it coming by November. It didn't happen till December. Um, those two crazy kids just <laughs> stayed in that toxic relationship until they absolutely had to. And as <laughs> soon as they got their first chance, they, they split real quick. They did not stay together for the kids at all. But, um, <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's a bigger, it's a big day around the NBA. Not maybe not as much fanfare, but it, it does open up a lot more trade avenues that aren't available right now, just because some of those guys just aren't trade eligible. All right. And then secondly, the Suns are at the top 
of the league, right there with the Golden mm-hmm. State Warriors. Both teams yep. have a 20 and 4 record, obviously going head to head in a lot of areas. They will probably be interested in some of the pieces coming from the Pacers. But that doesn't necessarily mean the Suns should make a move just because the Warriors also might be interested in making a move. How do we approach this delicately? Yeah, that's a tough one because, like you said, like the Suns shouldn't be out here trading for DeMontis Sabonis or Miles Turner just so the Warriors don't get them um, because that wouldn't make sense. You'd You'd have to break up a piece of a championship caliber roster to do that and when you have a team like Monty Williams' squad that just thrives on its culture, on its togetherness, like this team is like a family. So if you're breaking up that family, it better be for a damn good reason. And Turner is not that reason. I love Sabonis, but I don't know if that fits as good. And if he's, you know, if defensively, if they survive as well with him at the four instead of a guy like Jay Crowder, especially if you have to give up like a Cam Johnson or multiple first round picks to make it happen I just don't know so the thing about it is the Suns are kind of powerless unless they can find their way to navigate as the third team in a potential deal where maybe they they swipe Tory Craig or a Justin Holiday in another team's bigger deal for Sabonis or Turner because they're going to be hoping that the Warriors are unable to find a way to bring one of those guys to Golden State because the Warriors are already damn good. If you put a shot blocker like Miles Turner, a, a kind of a mobile big who can defend a little bit on the perimeter, that makes their already number one defense impossible to score on. If they add Sabonis, that makes their top five offense impossible to stop because he's a great passer. He's a gifted scorer. He's a phenomenal rebounder. So when you think about you know the, the Warriors' disadvantages when they go small, when they have Draymond Green at the five, Sabonis's rebounding helps make up for a lot of that. So it's one of those things where if you're a Suns fan, you are waiting with bated breath for someone else, anyone else to trade for these guys because putting either one of them in Golden State makes them a whole different animal. Mm-hmm. So you cover the Suns, so I don't expect you to have numbers for the Warriors mm-hmm. <laughs> in this scenario, but... Just off the top of your head, do you think that the Warriors could put together an enticing package to grab one of those guys? Relatively, yeah. I mean, they've got a lot of younger players, which is something that, you know, last year we talked about their younger players and how uninteresting they were. But now if you're a team like the Pacers that's looking to blow up, looking to start over and add more youth, more young prospects to, you know, guys like Chris Duarte and Isaiah Jackson – you know, the Warriors have a pretty attractive little treasure trove of guys who could be on the come up. You know, you look at um, Moses Moody and Jonathan Kuminga, they're two first rounders from this year. Um, you know, th- they have a number of kind of role guys that could fit in. Um, and they could probably find a way to get to that salary with Kevon Looney, Jonathan Kuminga, and you know, James Wiseman, some combination of those. James Wiseman hasn't really played much, but because he's been injured, um, but he was the number two pick in the draft just a year ago. And it could be a situation where his high draft status kind of boosts his trade value a little bit. So the Warriors are dangerous because they could put together an offer for a guy like Sabonis or for Miles Turner. 
especially if they're willing to try and attach some sort of draft compensation, um, which is tough. So you're, you're hoping that the Pacers look elsewhere or that they're not very high on Wiseman or Kuminga or any of the Warriors, other youngsters, because if they are, things could get hairy for Phoenix pretty quick. Um, I'm not going to lie. It would make a, an already great rivalry, even more enticing, but um, you know, covering the Suns wanting to see them return to the finals, get over the hump, win at all. That would be a pretty big obstacle if, if Golden State was mm-hmm. able to land either one of those guys. So basically, say your prayers, say your manifestations, <laughs> whatever it is that you believe in, that the Warriors don't grab one of those two gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Because, like, we, I mean, I mentioned this briefly, but, like, the Suns don't have the means to make, you know, a a roster altering trade like they're Devin Booker, Chris Paul, uh, Mikhail Bridges. They're not going anywhere. Deandre Ayton, most likely not going anywhere, even with the contract stuff that we've talked about in the past. Jay Crowder would be one of the first guys to go, but again, he's such a huge part of what they do on both ends and their leadership. And, and this is what I wrote about, but he kind of flies under the radar in terms of what he does for this team. Um, and a lot of the other guys are, are kind of just nice pieces, but maybe not ones that would attract much value. Like campaign, great backup guard, Cam Johnson, really good young player on the rise. He'd probably be their most attractive asset. Landry Shamit, good shooter, but his contract takes a jump the next three seasons, which makes him hard to trade. Um, and then you just look around and it's kind of spare parts. And I hate having to include Dario Saric in so many of these trades because I love that guy. Like, I'm somebody that when I'm having a bad day, I go back and watch the video of him reacting to Monty Williams' speech in the locker room, and it makes me laugh every single time. But Dario's it's, so precious. He is. He's the best. But he like, is. <laughs> it's really hard to construct any trades without his you know, $8.5 million salary, especially because he, he's not going to be able to offer the Suns anything this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so It's an unfortunate it's, situation to be in for him. Yeah, it, it's tough. And I, I hate talking about him like he's just some dispensable piece because he's a big part of their culture as well. Big part of their locker room camaraderie. Everyone on the team loves Dario Saric and it's easy to see why. Um, so that's why I, I hate talking about these trades, but I know that we have to do it. And I know that the Suns have to explore their options in terms of upgrading that wing depth. So I'm sorry for anyone listening who hates trade talks or gets offended by <laughs> You know, hearing me toss out Jay Crowder, Dario Saric, Cam Johnson, we're just doing our homework and being thorough here, I promise. Also, on that same note, you can disagree with somebody's take on Twitter without being mean. So just a reminder for the next handful of days or however many days it ends up being, once again, you can disagree with somebody's take on Twitter without being mean. Let's repeat that multiple times in our head. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay keeping right. us grounded. We love it. <laughs> I just want to have nice things, Gerald. That's all. <laughs> and, and that includes Sun's Twitter. <laughs> yes. And that's um, what Sun's Twitter should know is we do have nice things right now. So if we make a trade for one of these guys, we could have nicer things. But if we don't, we still have nice things. So this is just yes. a, a thought exercise here. Exactly. We're we're at the top of the league with our current roster for a reason. So we're doing okay. We're doing yes. okay. Remember, it's 2021. It's not 
2017 20, or 2018. Oh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, Gerald, oh. before we sign off, is there anything else that you would like to talk about or address on this topic? No, I, I think if you uh, want to read that Jay Crowder piece, go to gophnx.com. Make sure to look out at the same location for my take on all these different trades the Suns could make for tomorrow morning. I'm going to dive all the way into it because we have three days in between games. So why the hell not? (laughs) Why not? Yeah. If you want that more in-depth thought process from Gerald on all of this information, that'll be available likely tomorrow morning on gophnx.com. So keep an eye out for that. As always, you can follow the show on Twitter at phnx underscore suns. You can follow me on Twitter at Lindsay Smith AZ, and you can follow Gerald on Twitter at Gerald Borgay. Until tomorrow, have a great day, and we'll see you guys soon.